Hi there, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Your Liberty podcast, where we're looking at liberty, what it is, why you should care about it, and how to defend it. My name's Andrew, and today's date is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. Today we're starting a new series called Wordy Wednesday. Yeah, it might be a little bit of a weird title, but that's what we're going with. So at the beginning of every episode, I say this podcast is all about liberty, what it is, why you should care about it, and how you can defend it. Well, one of the ways liberty can be subverted is through language. Words mean things. Words are important. Words are our primary means of expressing ideas. Thus, as a means of defense for liberty, I started this series, Wordy Wednesday. And there's some words I'm going to cover, some high-impact words that I might spend an entire 30-minute episode on just that one word. These are really important words that you heard back in the day, you hear them today. It's important that we know what they mean. And it's a jumping off point to talk about the ideas that we're trying to convey with the words. In other episodes in this series, we're going to have shorter episodes that are easier to digest, but I'll hit several lower impact, tame, if you will, words that I've encountered while studying for an upcoming episode. One of the things we do in this channel is we're looking at source documents. We're not just learning about history in our textbooks. We're looking at the source documents, the speeches that were said, the letters that were written, and we're going through those and dissecting those to get a context of history. And it's kind of a piecemeal approach, but it's something I really enjoy. But consequently, 200 years ago, 250 years ago, they used words that I'm not familiar with. But it's still important that we know what they mean so that we can understand what they're talking about, so that we can make application to our lives and to our world that we live in today. So that second style of Wordy Wednesday episode is what we're doing today. Uh, next week, I'm going to be releasing an episode on George Washington's farewell speech. Be sure and stay tuned for that. I think you'll really enjoy it. That's a momentous, historic speech. It's a historic, famous speech. You may have heard of it before. You may have even read it. I think it's always worth revisiting. But that's next week. This week, we're just going over seven words that I ran into that I didn't know what they were throughout George Washington's farewell speech. So let's dive in here, and hopefully we'll learn something. All right, first word for today, solicitude. It's a noun. I'm going to start by reading it in context here, and then we'll go back and read it after we go over the definition. In George Washington's farewell speech, this is an abridged quotation, a solicitude for your welfare and the apprehension of danger natural to that solicitude urge me to offer to your solemn contemplation and to recommend to your frequent review some sentiments which are the result of much reflection, which appear to me all important to the permanency of your felicity as a people. All right, solicitude, S-O-L-I-C-I-T-U-D-E, solicitude. And first, we're going to go back to Samuel Johnson's 1755 dictionary. That was the high watermark dictionary at the time of the American Revolution and founding period. So Samuel Johnson's 1755 definition of solicitude is anxiety or carefulness. Okay, now we fast forward to Merriam-Webster's online dictionary. They define it as the state of being concerned and anxious, or B, uh, attentive care and protectiveness. Also an attitude of earnest concern or attention. Also a cause of care or concern, usually used in plural. Okay, so to go back to the quotation, a solicitude for your welfare. So basically he's saying, because I care about your welfare, thus and thus. So a solicitude for your welfare and the apprehension of danger natural to that solicitude 
urge me to offer to your solemn contemplation and to recommend to your frequent review some sentiments which are the result of much reflection, which appear to me all important to the permanency of your felicity as a people. And I'll throw this one in for free. Felicity, if you don't know, means happiness. Okay, next word, got to keep moving, is specious. Adjective, specious, S-P-E-C-I-O-U-S. And to use it in the quotation from George Washington's farewell address, he says, Resist with care the spirit of innovation upon its, meaning the constitutional government's, principles, however specious the pretext. You can probably get an idea of what it means from the context there alone. But Johnson, Samuel Johnson's dictionary defines it as showy, pleasing to the view, or secondly, plausible, superficially, not solidly right, striking at its first view. Now, Merriam-Webster's online dictionary defines specious as having a false look of truth or genuineness, sophistic. Or number two, having deceptive attraction or allure, and then it shows an obsolete definition of showy. So originally, it actually could just mean showy, but has come to mean, mean actually deceptive attraction which I think is how Washington's using it here. So again, reading that quotation, Resist with care the spirit of innovation upon its principles, however specious the pretext. It's, again, referring in context to the constitutional government's principles. All right, next word is wheel. This was a totally new one for me. Wheel. Not W-H-E-E-L, but W-E-A-L, as in public wheel. It's a noun. And reading the context there where Washington used it in this speech, he says, The necessity of reciprocal checks in the exercise of political power by dividing and distributing into different depositaries and constituting each guardian of the public wheel against invasion by the others has been evinced by experiments of ancient and modern, some of them in our country and under our own, our own eyes. All right, that was a totally new one to me. Johnson's Dictionary defines it as 1. Happiness, prosperity, or flourishing state. 2. Second definition there from Johnson's is republic, state, or public interest. Merriam-Webster's online dictionary defines it as a sound, healthy, or prosperous state. Or 2. An obsolete definition is the body politic or common wheel is actually a word. And wheel can also be a noun meaning a welt, basically from kind of a disease, I think. So, knowing that wheel just means prosperous state, basically, reading that quotation again, he says, The necessity of reciprocal checks in the exercise of political power by dividing and distributing it into different depositaries and constituting each the guardian of the public wheel against invasion by the others has been evinced by experiments ancient and modern, some of them in our country and under our own eyes. Third word is antipathy. It's a noun. A-N-T-I-P-A-T-H-Y. Antipathy. Putting it in context in the paper we're covering next week, antipathy in one nation against another disposes each more readily to offer insult and injury, to lay hold of slight causes of umbrage, and to be haughty and intractable when accidental or trifling occasions of dispute occur. All right, so Samuel Johnson's 1755 dictionary definition. One, a natural contrariety to anything so as to shun it involuntarily. Aversion, dislike. It is opposed to sympathy. So I take away from that, it's the opposite of sympathy. Uh, Merriam-Webster's online dictionary defines it as a strong feeling of dislike, 
or something disliked, the object of aversion. And then it gives a use in context of uh, Charles Dickens, quotation from Charles Dickens, perhaps his greatest antipathies were cabs, old women, and doors that would not shut. So going back to our context of George Washington's farewell speech, antipathy in one nation against another. So basically just a feeling of dislike for whatever reason, an aversion of one nation against another, disposes each more readily to offer insult and injury and to lay hold of slight causes of umbrage and to be haughty and intractable when accidental or trifling occasions of dispute occur. All right, there's another word in that quotation that's our next word, umbrage. Umbrage, a noun, U-M-B-R-A-G-E, umbrage. Interesting note there, it's originally from the Latin umbra, which I recognize from the eclipse we had here a few years ago. The umbra is the shadowy part of the moon or the sun, depending on what it is, if I remember correctly. So that cues us off to the definition. Johnson's 1755, shade of trees, shadowy appearance, resentment, offense, or suspicion of injury. I think that's probably what George Washington using it as. Uh, Merriam-Webster's online dif- dictionary, a feeling of pique or resentment at some often fancied slight or insult. Shade, also shade or shadow. So going back to that same passage in the speech, he, he says, causes of umbrage. So kind of like a chip on the shoulder, if and that's Andrew Green's definition. I'll read that passage once more. Antipathy in one nation against another disposes each more readily to offer insult and injury, to lay hold of slight causes of umbrage, and to be haughty and intractable when accidental or trifling occasions of dispute occur. All right, another word, odium, O-D-I-U-M, also a noun, used in context, used in George Washington's speech, it, he's referring to choosing, choosing favorite nations, it gives to ambitious, corrupted, or deluded citizens who devote themselves to the favorite nation facility to betray or sacrifice the interests of their own country without odium, sometimes even with popularity. So he's contrasting it there with popularity, which gives us a clue as to its definition. Johnson 1755 defines it as invidiousness which I don't know what that means. I'd have to look that up. Quality of provoking hate. Probably look up invidiousness. It would say odium. Merriam-Webster's online definition of odium is the state or fact of being subjected to hatred and contempt as a result of a despicable act or blameworthy circumstance. Second definition is hatred and combination accompanied by a loathing or contempt. And third definition, disrepute or infamy attached to something. Opprobrium. So he's saying that choosing favorite nations gives to ambitious, corrupted, or deluded citizens who devote themselves to the favorite nation facility to betray or sacrifice the interests of their own country without odium, and sometimes even with popularity. All right, and the final word we're going to look at today is caprice. C-A-P-R-I-C-E. It's a noun. Used in Washington's speech. Why? By interweaving our destiny with that of any part of Europe, entangle our peace and prosperity in the toils of European ambition, rivalship, interest, humor, or caprice. Johnson, 1755, I love it, says, Freak, fancy, whim, sudden changes of humor. Freak is a word I would think would be more of a 
modern word like freak accident, but he used it there to describe caprice. Merriam-Webster's online dictionary of today says, Caprice, a sudden, impulsive, and seemingly unmotivated notion or action. Or a sudden, usually unpredictable condition, change, or series of changes, as in the caprices of the weather. And then second definition, a disposition to do things impulsively, as in we may have a preference for democratic endeavor over authoritarian caprice. So reading his passage again in the speech, why, by interweaving our destiny with that of any part of Europe, entangle our peace and prosperity in the toils of European ambition, rivalship, interest, humor, or caprice? All right, there we are. We're, what, uh, about 12, 13 minutes in? Hopefully this was useful for you guys. Thanks for joining me for this first Wordy Wednesday series on the Mind Your Liberty podcast. Be sure and check out the links in the description. I link to Johnson's 1755 Dictionary Online to Webster's 1828, which I was unable to use for this episode because it was down and I don't have a hard copy of the unabridged 1828 dictionary. But keep in mind anyway, when you're looking up words, you, you really need to be using dictionaries that are prior to or around the time of the person that used them because the word might have changed by the time Webster wrote his 1828 or by the time our dictionary of today is published. Thanks for tuning in. I hope this was beneficial for you. I enjoyed putting it together. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was beneficial. If you did enjoy it or if you found it beneficial, please like it, share it on whatever platform you're listening. Tell somebody about the podcast. Send them to mindyourliberty.com. That's a good jumping off point for all the different platforms you can listen to. In the meantime, remember to mind your liberty.